Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette. Today, I'm joined by three local organizations, Arts DuPage, the DuPage Foundation, and the 2020 Census Naperville Complete Counts Committee. watching Spotlight. And joining me now is Deborah Venezia. She's the Director of Arts DuPage. Welcome, Debbie. Good to see you. That's good to see you too, Jane. Thanks for having me today. Oh, absolutely. So let's start out. Let's talk about what is Arts DuPage. Arts DuPage, an initiative of the DuPage Foundation, um, is a countywide arts council that supports, promotes, and advocates for the arts in DuPage County. In 2017, we launched our artsdupage.org website. So it's an online guide to arts and entertainment in DuPage County. So we invite artists and arts organizations to post events at no cost to them. And then we roll the information out to the community at large. So through our social media posts and our publications, we let people know that there are a bounty of activities going on in DuPage County. And we invite them to find out about it and kind of experience something they've never tried before. So we also provide classes, workshops, and networking opportunities for the arts community so that they can um, get the tools that they need to better run their organization. It might be professional development or capacity building. Just this month alone, we had two virtual happy hours, one for the visual artists and one for performing artists, to give them an opportunity to come together and talk about the challenges and the victories they've had during the shutdown and maybe exchange ideas, form collaborations, figure out ways that they can work together to kind of strengthen their place in, in the region. It's uh, So you really have two sides of your coin, right? In the one hand, you're really sharing with uh, the community at large how they can access all of these different kinds of arts, uh, public arts, different musical arts, uh, theater, all of that kind of stuff, right? And then you're also, on the other side, providing support and help uh, to arts organizations, which I'm sure during this time period, uh, with everything being so, so shut down, has been tremendously helpful. Yes, and we're hoping that people are using our arts2page.org site to just find out about these things. Artists are creative people, and it's really kind of amazing to see what they are doing to kind of work around the COVID restrictions, you know. And I, I think one of the funniest ones, and what it was one of the first ones, too, they had the drive-by uh, birthday party for Frida Kahlo at College of DuPage. A lot of people are, are you know, they're kind of, moving their platform to a virtual space. Um, and the, the famous tagline is, oh, you can watch, you know, find out about art events, you know, from the safety of your couch. Um, so there's different things going on. I know Naperville Park District during the summer had a lot of socially distanced um, concerts. And so people are doing things. The, the drive-in, drive-in movies made a huge comeback this year. So it's, it's kind of challenging, but it's also intriguing to see how innovative the arts community, you couldn't ask a better you know, group to come up with good ideas to you know, figure out how are we going to work around this. Yeah, I, well, I think so. And so talk a little bit about the impact that you see you're having. I know, Debbie, this has been a space you've been involved in for such a very long time. What do you see as the main impact that you're having in the community? So I think right now, 
Well, well one of the things that, that came out early on before Arch DuPage was actually formed, while they were kind of testing it to see if, if a countywide arts council was needed here, um, community members and the arts communities were, they were saying, we need a place where we can go and find out about things going on in the community. We had a, an artist in the room who said, I have a full studio full of full of paintings and I don't know what to do with them. In that same room, there was a gallery owner saying, I have gallery with, you know, bare walls. So the, no one was aware of what was going on. So within the arts community, where again, you know, I, I kind of stress collaborations and partnerships, you know, those were going on. Um, theaters can maybe share costumes or, or share their sets. And, and again, it's, it's a way that they can build, they can use their resources in, in different ways and build relationships within the groups. So I think that's really important. Um, and also, community members didn't know where to go. How do you find out what's playing at, you know, Wheaton Drama when you live in Elmhurst? You, you don't have that, that network, you don't have that line. And I always talk about in the olden days, um, although I still do get a, a print um, Tribune every day. But, you know, many years ago before internet was so popular, the Friday section, section came out and it was like an inch thick and you could find anything and everything. Every movie theater was listed in there. All the plays in both in the city and locally, they had, you know, minuscule descriptions of what was going on. Everything was all in one place. Yeah. And with the onset of the internet, all that information is there, but you have to go to each individual website to find it. So, you know, if I don't know about, you know, Wheaton Drama, I can't go to their website to find out what they're doing. So that was kind of, I know it's like a desert. And, and we know that there are hundreds, literally hundreds of arts organizations. We have over 240 arts organizations that use arts2page.org to post their events. So we know there's a lot going on in the community and it's high quality. And, and if you want, if you want to find opera, if you want to find ballet, it's here. If you want to like kick your shoes off and get, you know, down and, and have country, country music sing along, it's all here and everything in between. The other thing that the arts do for the community, all right, so I'm going to go to a play, but what happens a lot of times, a lot of people partner the play with another activity. Let's do dinner in a movie, for example. So we're going to go to a local restaurant and have dinner before, or maybe stop and have drinks afterwards. So the arts also build, um, you know, it's a benefit for local merchants because they they benefit off the um, the arts events too. So it's it's really a powerful, you know, kind of circular thing of one supporting the other. Yeah. So, I mean, really that whole sense of collaboration and also not knowing what you don't know, it's hard to find it. Like you said, it's a little bit of a one-stop shop. Um, as we're sort of kind of getting into this now, talk a little bit about your upcoming Arts to Page Month. So Arts to Page Month is a um, celebration of the arts. It's our third year that we're doing it. And we kind of patterned it after the Americans for the Arts National Arts and Humanity Month. So that's a national level. What we're doing is celebrating the arts right here in DuPage County. So um, we had to pivot a little bit this year because there aren't as many events as we normally have. There certainly are a lot of things that are going on, but we also want to 
shine a spotlight on the arts and remind people that they are here and the arts are alive. And you can, you know, one of the things you could do, look at Naperville, look at the public art in Naperville. Get in your car and drive around. You can see 50 pieces of public art, thanks to the Century Walk in Naperville, but all these municipalities have some kind of public art. So one of the things that we're planning and we're gonna invite people to join us on is a uh, Arts to Page Month challenge. So it's a hashtag, you know, I'm gonna do a Facebook post and I'm gonna say, you know, maybe why the arts are important to me or a, a story about the arts that, that is very personal to me. And then I'm going to, you know, hashtag it and then tag one of my friends and challenge them to kind of repeat the exercise and then go on and on and on. And we'll be gathering all the hashtags and, and putting them out on our social media. So again, we draw attention to um, the individual. All you have to do is put one post out, but then, your audience will grow, you know, exponentially because of our, our posts and we'll, we'll be putting that out there for people. So it's just kind of a fun thing um, that we wanted to do. I know in previous years, we um, would invite organizations to offer a perk, you know, maybe a discount, buy your tickets, see this play and you'll get a 20% discount or something. And, and we're not gonna do that this year. If, if organizations are doing something, we can't ask them to give anything else away. I mean, they're doing the best they can to survive right now. So we want that to happen. We want the arts to come back even stronger uh, when we are in a position when we can all gather and, and meet together safely again. Well, I tell you, Debbie, you're always so enthusiastic about everything uh, related to the arts. And we so appreciate the work that you and Arts to Page is doing. Uh, what a great one-stop shop. And uh, we hope, too, that the arts will be back bigger and stronger as we move through this unprecedented time. Thank you. And uh, if you would like to, our viewers, if you would like to learn more about Arts to Page, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break for a few short messages. Stay with us. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. The Naperville Police Department needs your help to solve crime and bring offenders to justice. When you submit tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers, you help keep our city one of the safest in the nation. Tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers have helped solve hundreds of crimes and recover over $7 million in drugs, property, and cash. Remember, tipsters remain anonymous and receive cash rewards up to $1,000 if their tips lead to an arrest. Call the tip line at 630-420-6006. You may have that one piece of information that solves the crime. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm Jay Mounette, and I'm joined now by Dave McGowan. He's the president and CEO of the DuPage Foundation. So welcome, Dave. Thanks, Jane. I appreciate you having me on the show. 
I'm going to start off because I know obviously in this time, everybody is looking for fun. So let's just jump right in there and please tell people, how can people apply for funds from the DuPage Foundation? Yes, of course. Well, the first thing I would suggest is uh, that they visit our website, dupagefoundation.org, and look for the various grant programs that we have available. But if somebody has a question um, or wants to run an idea past uh, the foundation before submitting a proposal, contacting the foundation and talking to one of our staff members, especially in the program department, Barb or Laura, who could help guide uh, the uh, applicant to the, you know, the best uh, grant uh, program. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I really like about DuPage Foundation is that you, you are willing to talk to people and, and give them an idea of which, uh, which way to go and whether or not they ought to beef up their application. So I, I know that many organizations appreciate that consult. Um, besides grant making, Dave, what are some of the other ways that you are impacting the community? Yeah, a community foundation is a broad-based grant maker, usually in multiple categories of assistance. But then our presence in the community, we learn so much about the organizations that we also are called upon from time to time to convene organizations working around a particular issue. We've done that in the past uh, successfully with um, organizations working with uh, access to recreation for people with disabilities. We've also done that in the financial literacy area where we convened uh, not-for-profits, government organizations, corporate representatives to find out what the issues were in DuPage when we convened everyone, it led to Money Smart Week DuPage, and then ultimately a financial fitness program, which is now housed at Home DuPage. And uh, instructors teach not-for-profit clients from a couple dozen not-for-profits throughout DuPage. So we're really proud of when we convene organizations and we come up with a, an output like that. Then also we um, lead on, or on issue areas as well. Our Arts DuPage initiative, for example, that you're aware of, and Bright and Early DuPage, which is our uh, kindergarten readiness, early childhood care and education initiative. So those are areas where we provide multi-year funding, um, professional expertise, convening, grant making, and so on. So uh, you know, uh, leading on an initiative is an important function as well. Yeah, and, and you obviously have such a unique insight uh, because you are you have contact with so many not-for-profits right in the DuPage County that it really puts you in a very unique position uh, to kind of lean in on some of those issues. That's right. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, you work with a lot of individual donors. Uh, and so when a donor comes to you, how exactly does the foundation help accomplish that donor's objectives? Yeah, we have a series of questions, prompting provocative questions to find out really what it is the person, the couple or the family is trying to accomplish. And then we do a lot of listening uh, to find out what it is exactly they're trying to do. Then we will craft somewhat of a charitable plan for them for lifetime giving as well as for uh, gifts from their estate plan. And it's that uh, knowledge that you mentioned of the community that helps us sort of guide the families to their uh, charitable plans. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because having just chatted with uh, Debbie a little bit earlier in the show, we talked about that sort of one-stop shop. I mean, you have just such a broad understanding of what organizations are going against, what particular areas of interest and missions that uh, it, it really can be very helpful, right? Thank you. There's so many great organizations making grants and individual donors making gifts. And the community is the better for a robust community foundation and a healthy number of private foundations, individual donors and other funders, corporate funders. 
But at the end of the day, the Community Foundation is a broad-based grant maker um, understanding all areas, environment, arts and culture, education, health, human services. And so we probably have the best picture of all those organizations and their needs. Yeah, and that sort of leads me to my question, I guess. I mean, if you're talking to somebody, Dave, why, why would you tell them to work with the foundation versus giving that money directly to a not-for-profit? Yeah, and I'll almost answer it the opposite. Sometimes we get referred, um, families are referred to us by their professional advisors, their attorney, accountant, trust officer, or such. And when we start asking those questions and doing our listening, we find out that they already know exactly what they want to do. Uh, they want to leave a bequest to North Central College, or they want to make a gift to little friends. And what we say is, here's the phone number of those organizations, <laughs> development offices. We can't add value then. And so we, we make that referral directly. It's really when, again, if the, if the individual or family doesn't know to whom, how much, when to give, and with what assets to be most tax-wise, that's where we can add a, a, a lot of value into that conversation because it's, it's something that just people don't, there's no real training for it. It's just something you kind of grow up with or you gain knowledge of. We can um, catapult that information and knowledge really quickly. Yeah, and I think one of the other things I've heard too, right, is you, you're you able to kind of pull stuff together. So you're able to help people have even a larger impact or amplify the efforts of their individual gift. That's right. For sure, we've done some collective giving. And some of our donors came to the Community Foundation because they liked being part of that collective impact. Yeah. Now, Dave, you've just done a big strategic plan. So maybe you just share a little bit about some of your goals. Yeah, well, as far as we've come over our 35 years and we hold more than $95 million in assets, so we have some tenure and some uh, resources behind us. Not enough people know about us, Jane. So number one in our strategic plan is brand awareness, just people understanding who we are and how we operate within the community as a community foundation. Second goal in our strategic plan is to grow our assets. For obvious reasons, the more endowment we have, the more grant making we can do. Third is being strategic with our grant making. So no matter if, if, we, if we grew exponentially, we still want to be as wise as we can to have the biggest impact or make the biggest leverage with the resources that we do have. And the fourth area of our quadrant is building our own infrastructure and organization to make sure that all those other initiatives are sustainable. Yeah, it's always, you've got to kind of take care of the roads and the railroads, right? To make sure right. that an organization works. Um, as we wrap up here, Dave, obviously, uh, you know, you've been in the news a lot uh, with the uh, grant making that you've done as part of the COVID uh, pandemic response. Talk to us a little bit about how your foundation really uh, had to deal with some of the situations coming out of COVID and, and where you see that going. Yes, I'll just quickly say internally, we pivoted really quickly. We sent uh, the majority of the staff home March 12th. The rest of the management staff finished out the day on the 13th, and we were all uh, virtually ready remotely by the end of day Monday. So I was really proud of how quickly the staff and technology was able to be uh, in place for remote working. Externally, we had a board meeting that following week on March 19th, and I proposed to the board that there was a philanthropic response, in particular a DuPage Foundation response, to help the community. I don't think I got the sentence out before the board said, green light, go. And so it was really exciting. We had letters out by the end of that business day, started making phone calls, started getting some press for it. Um, we've raised about $1.3 million and have granted a million of that so far in three rounds with a fourth round to come soon. And, and those, we, we uh, 
reduce the amount of paperwork to get a grant, made it really accessible to the organizations, um, had a, a small grant committee that was ready and nimble to make quick decisions. Many of the early organizations were uh, at the ready to uh, pass resources along to the families in need. Food pantries were assisted right away. And now we're looking at what are the next, what's the next round of needs, Jane? We don't know exactly, but we'll be asking the not-for-profits through their application process, how can we assist you now as we're starting to recover it, if you will. Yeah, well, I know that there were so many organizations uh, right here in Naperville who were the beneficiaries uh, of those funds and uh, critical to keeping some of those very important social services moving forward. So, sure. uh, you know, great testament to you and your staff that you were able to respond so quickly and always nice when the board is right there with you, right? That makes such a difference. It really did. It, it, to have their support and endorsement, it felt really good. And I'll tell you, in the midst of the, this um, incredibly awkward time of the pandemic, it gave our team something really meaningful and satisfying to focus on. We felt really proud of what we accomplished in these past several months. Yeah, I think it's been a, a real opportunity to kind of come together uh, as organizations, whether you're a not-for-profit or a business or an education system, you know, uh, it's always in trying times that the true metal is really tested and I think people come together. So uh, well done to you. Thank you so much for stopping by and giving us an update on what's going on with DuPage Foundation. My pleasure. Thanks, Jane. I really appreciate your, your interest and your time. Absolutely. Now, if you would like to learn a little bit more about the DuPage Foundation, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break for a few short messages. We'll be right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from the 2020 Census Naperville Complete Count Committee is Mark Rice. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you for having me. Greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. So let's just start right out. Why is the census important? Well, the census happens once every 10 years. And according to the Constitution, once every 10 years, we have to count every single resident in the United States. And from that count, the federal government dispenses over $650 billion per year. And that affects education, roads, infrastructure, a whole list of, of uh, government programs. Uh, and it also uh, is the way that the United States Congress, uh, our representatives are selected. Sometimes people don't realize that. They sort of think about it as, yeah, we kind of, you know, know who, who's living in the country and what that looks like. But it really has a huge impact on not only services, but your, your uh, influence in, in government in America, right? That is correct. That is yeah. correct. So talk a little bit about this 2020 Census Complete Count Committee. That's an interesting uh, long name. Uh, tell me about that. 
Well, the, uh, in uh, June of 2019, uh, Mayor Tricco asked me if I would uh, be the liaison for the 2020 census. And uh, after I agreed to do that, uh, we formed a committee. And today the committee is made up over 135 local organizations with over 250 uh, local residents on our distribution list. And the organizations take into account uh, local government, uh, community-based organizations, education organizations, veterans organizations. Uh, it runs the gamut of the uh, citizens of Naperville. So you really have, I mean, one of the things you're obviously trying to do there, right, is, is uh, impact a lot of spheres of influence. So places, making sure the veterans are getting counted, making sure, you know, uh, all kinds of different uh, spheres within our community, right? That is correct. We wanted to have a, a complete cross-section of who the community is and who the representatives are for those different constituencies. And over the last six months, the organizations have done an outstanding job Today, Naperville ranks number one in the country for uh, self-response results uh, for uh, uh, cities over 140,000 people. So as you can see, uh, the outpouring of support has been tremendous and uh, the numbers show it, we're number one. That's fantastic, that's fantastic. But we still have more work to do, right? And we'll talk we about that. We still have more work to do. Uh, I uh, promised the uh, U.S. Census Bureau <clears throat> that we would work until the last hour of the last day of the U.S. Census for 2020. That's fantastic. And obviously, I mean, nobody could have anticipated uh, COVID-19. And I know that that has put tremendous uh, pressure on all kinds of organizations. And I imagine, uh, Mark, that that's also had an impact on the work that you've been doing. It's had a tremendous impact on the work that we've been doing. Uh, I feel very fortunate that we got an early start. As I mentioned, we started this whole process back in June of 2019, so that when COVID hit, we had our infrastructure together, we had our organization well positioned, and, and we've really hit the ground running. So although it has affected us and everybody else, uh, our organizations that, that support us, the 135 uh, community organizations within Naperville have done an outstanding job in rising to the occasion. That's terrific. And 135 is a lot of organizations uh, for you to be communicating with. So talk a little bit about what you as the Complete Count Committee have done together with your partners to really educate residents about why the census is so important and it's so important for them to complete the information. Well, the organizations uh, have taken the uh, uh, information that's provided by the U.S. Census Bureau, and they put it on their websites, they put it on their Facebook pages, Twitter accounts, they've run seminars on the U.S. Census, uh, they, they've run uh, Zoom uh, panel discussions. Uh, the 2020 Census Naperville Committee has run three uh, Zoom panel discussions, and we have had over 7,000 uh, people watch our uh, Zoom meetings over Facebook. So uh, as I've mentioned before, it's been a tremendous community effort. And uh, I can't say enough about the people of Naperville. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. And just give us a little idea. What are some of the kinds of questions, if you've never done the census before, what kinds of questions would be on there, Mark? It takes about 10 minutes to finish the census online. 
or over the telephone or in mail. Uh, it asks your name, it asks your address, it asks the uh, number of people that are living in your home as of April 1st, uh, it asks their names, uh, and that's about it. Uh, there is very, very few questions, um, and it doesn't get into anything personal. And I want to make an emphasis that it does not ask if you are a citizen of the United States. That question is not asked. The only thing we're counting are residents of the United States as of April 1st of this year. I think that's uh, good to know. And is the information when you're filling this out, because I think this is always something that people worry about, right? Is it confidential, Mark? The U.S. Census Bureau, by law, cannot divulge any information that they receive from the U.S. Census. Uh, and they, that information cannot be divulged for, I believe, it's up to 70 years. So um, the people who fill it out, and I hope everybody does, uh, uh, can feel um, confident that the information that they put on the U.S. Census forms will never, ever, ever be divulged to anybody other than the U.S. Census Bureau. Yeah, that's that's really good to know, and and it's so important, right? Uh, you 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 know you need to. This is a civic duty. I mean, this is something that we should be doing. It has a major impact, uh, not only on uh, our community, our state, all of this kind of stuff, um, but it, it really helps give uh, a vision for what our country looks like, and that's important as well. Uh, a lot very, of people use that, right? Very important, and I can't uh, emphasize enough that the numbers from this census will carry through for the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. So it, is... it's extremely important. And, and every person that is counted uh, in Illinois, we figure that the state, the county, and the city together uh, receives about $1,800 per person per year. And you uh, extrapolate that over the next 10 years, and that's $18,000 per person it means to our state, our county, and our city. Yeah, that's, that's important information to know, Mark. It puts it certainly into perspective. As we wrap here, when does the 2020 U.S. Census wrap? When is that ending? It is scheduled to end at the end of this month, September 30th. Uh, there are uh, a number of things that are going on at the present time. It was supposed to end October 31st. Uh, but it was pulled back to September 30th. So at the, right now, as I speak, September 30th is the deadline. And the uh, U.S. Census Bureau has to report to the president no later than December 31st, the actual count, so that they can uh, start the, uh, 2021 with a complete count. Okay. Well, listen, Mark, I want to thank you and all your participating organizations for all the good work that you're doing to make sure that Naperville has a complete count. I know we're number one, but let's get it to 100%, right? That would be the, right. the way we should uh, lead the nation in showing people how that's done because it is important work. So thank you so much for coming by. Thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you or viewers would like to learn more about the Census 2020, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break for a few short messages. Don't go away. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining us on Spotlight and our friends at UC Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. 
If you would like to find out more about any of the organizations we spoke with today, please go and visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening around town, sign up to receive our daily news update or like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wynette. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise.